0: It's Neil Parks again, your host for Paranormally Speaking. This week I'm going to be covering the dark forest theory, a terrifying explanation as to why we haven't actually heard from aliens yet, at least not to our knowledge. The Fermi paradox asks us where all the aliens are in the cosmos, should be filled with them. The dark forest theory says we should pray we never find them. The Milky Way galaxy has 200 billion stars and perhaps 100 billion planets. If even a small fraction of those planets harbored life, it, even if only a pathetic scattering of those planets had life forms, which became intelligent, our galaxy would be teeming with alien civilizations, some of whom would be either looking for us or discoverable for at least a little while. The number of alien civilizations the galaxy should have can be determined by an equation known as the Drake equation. That turns the above factors into variables. When you plug them into the formula, you can find that there should be at least 20 civilizations in our cosmic neighborhood. This makes the fact that we have yet to find any other life in the cosmos almost shocking when you think about it. The seeming discord between how many advanced civilizations ought to be in space and the lack of evidence for any is known as the Fermi Paradox. It has led to dozens of hypotheses and potential solutions over the last few decades. Many of the solutions aim at one of the variables in the dark equation and try to make the supposed number of civilizations Lower, so it's more reasonable for us to not have met anybody yet. Has first contact happened without us even being aware of it? Your guess is as good as mine. But we have countless stories of alien abduction. Numerous historical documents showing people like Nikola Tesla, uh, Leonardo da Vinci, figures in the Bible like Ezekiel, Elijah, all encountering what they believe to be either be UFOs piloted by alien beings or higher celestial beings, as the Old Testament has described them as being, or flat-out aliens foreign to our planet. Some propose that life starting at all is rare. Others suggest that the development of intelligence is the bottleneck. Others still possess that most civilizations would live for a short time before blowing themselves up or conversely never even manage to invent the radio one solution however is a bit darker than the others the dark forest solution or the dark forest theory explains why we haven't heard from aliens by positing that they are possibly or purposely keeping quiet The reasoning is laid out best in the science fiction novel, The Dark Forest, by Leo Sixen. The plot of the book, the second in a series, concerns questions of how to best interact with potentially hostile alien life. In the novel, the argument is laid out like this. All life desires to stay alive. There is no way to know if other life forms can or will destroy you if given a chance. Lacking assurance, the safest option for any species is to alienate other life forms before they have a chance to do the same to them. Since all other life forms in the novel are risk averse and willing to do anything to save themselves, contact of any kind is rather dangerous, as it almost assuredly would lead to the contacted race wiping out whoever was foolish enough to give away their location. This leads to all civilizations attempting to hide in radio silence. Reminds me a lot of like this laser tag arena that we frequent every summer. You are basically holding yourself up in your own position to hide, to keep from getting blasted from a potential enemy from the other side. And you, you hide yourself so well, but at the same time working with other people who are on your assigned team. But at the same time, those people can give away your location with face gestures or hand movements or glancing in your, in your direction. And then when they become compromised, it gives away where you are. And then those who are seeking to haunt you can find you easier. The reasoning behind the paranoia is explained in this paragraph from the novel. The universe is a dark forest. Every civilization is an armed hunter stalking through the trees like a ghost, gently pushing aside branches that block the path and trying to tread without sound. Even breathing is done with care. The hunter has to be careful because everywhere in the forest are stealthy hunters like him. If we find another life another hunter, angel, or a demon, a delicate infant to tottering old man, a fairy or a demigod, there's only one thing we can do, open fire and eliminate them. It's a bit like the prisoner's dilemma, really. And the concept is based on applied game theory. Is there a non-literary approach to the solution or is it just an idea that is good for a story? I'll tell you more of that, when I return after this short commercial break fantastic Roswell UFOs flying saucers alien abduction That's terrific. Now, the last question I left you with before our commercial break uh, really just sums it up. Is there a non-literary approach to this solution, or is it just an idea that is good for a story? It was also put forth by scientist David Brin as a potential solution to the lack of radio evidence for alien life. Have we recovered blips and... Tweaks and sounds and chirps and strange enigmas from space through uh, our satellite technology, absolutely. Has it been identified? No. Inconclusive. While the variant he describes relies on robotic probes carrying out the task of killing off civilizations, other than the one that created it, the core concept remains the same. In this excerpt, he explains why this solution an attractive one for scientific purposes and terrifying for extra and well existential reasons. It is consistent with all of the facts and philosophical principles described in the first part of this article. There is no need to struggle to suppress the elements of the Drake equation in order to explain the great silence, nor need we suggest that no ETIS anywhere would bear the cost of interstellar travel. I need only happen it need only happen once for the results of this scenario to become the equilibrium condition in the galaxy. We would not have detected extraterrestrial radio traffic, nor would any ETIS ever have settled on Earth because all were killed shortly after discovering radio. He then reminds us that the Broadcasts and broadcasts of I Love Lucy are racing across the cosmos, ready to reveal our location and sense of humor to anybody who can pick them up. Now, unfortunately, not only is I Love Lucy racing across the cosmos, but one of the first space broadcasts that was sent out consisted of images of World War II and Adolf Hitler speaking at the Olympics where the Nazis were invited to participate, the nation of Germany, that is, but the Nazis paraded through the Olympics that year. And that is what alien life is seeing. Now, granted, there have been updates and things put out into the cosmos, but one of the first things, theoretically, that another alien life form had seen from us or about us showed hostility, war, and totalitarianism. How plausible is this theory? This theory has the advantage of only affecting one of the variables in the Drake equation and affecting the one that is the most open to speculation. It also doesn't require us to make broad assumptions about how all alien civilizations behave. A single advanced race that acts this way would be enough to cause the observed situation. This would also explain why we haven't found any mundane alien radio signals despite a century of being able to pick them up. Just as we accidentally send our radio signals that are meant for us out into space, another civilization would likely be too as well. One possible reason for this is that our civilizations are so fearful of being detected that they purposely avoid sending out any radio evidence of their existence. It does, however, assume that other species have a similar risk aversion level and reasoning process as we do, or that they are really, is one civilization out there killing off anybody they think can harm them. This is a big assumption. Now, why is this theory considered dark? We've been screaming our existence into the cosmos for almost 100 years now. Any aliens within a 100 light year radius of us would be receiving a barrage of signals, radio signals from our direction. If we had reason to avoid letting aliens know about us as Stephen Hawking thought we should, we might have a problem. Why haven't we heard from aliens yet? Is this solution, if it is correct, they are purposely hiding in the darkness of space for fear of death should we stop broadcasting our existence to the universe to them or would alien life be a little nicer than we've been to ourselves in our own history now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app now number one for podcasting UFOs exist, but what are they? Are UFOs real? And if so, what are they? Does the Bible speak of UFOs? Was God an ancient astronaut? Are we being visited by non-Earthlings? And if so, who are they and what do they want? Who will ultimately rule space? We may never know, but if we do find out, the answers may astound us. In this supposed age of reason, public officials and scientists find themselves facing a new wave of interest in this unexplained phenomena. UFO sightings, testimony about alien abductions, and government agencies dabbling in telepathy have produced a steady stream of headlines. In 1996, a Gallup poll revealed that nearly 75% of Americans believe in UFOs and or extraterrestrial life. And that 3% even believe they've been abducted. That's over 8 million people believing this. The mysteries of parapsychology, life after death, crossing over, astrology, UFOs, and the occult are, in these days, while traditional Christianity is considered out, old-fashioned, or even downright fraudulent, one reporter said nearly every person he met at UFO conventions Conferences and cults claim they used to belong to a Christian church. Generally, they left and began seeking other answers when a Christian parent or leader could not or would not take their experiences or inquiry seriously enough to respond with sound biblical answers. You will be given strong biblical answers from the Bible if you actually seek answers. Look for them because they are there. Throughout the Old Testament, the phrase flying saucers came into vogue when, in June 24, 1947, a pilot named Kenneth Arnold sighted nine shining disc-shaped objects while flying across the Cascade Mountains. Arnold described the objects to the news media as appearing to be skimming like a saucer does on water. This event is widely regarded as, as the beginning of the modern ufo That's a buzzword for UFO buffs. Millions wonder, do flying saucers exist? And is man alone in the universe? Is there life on other planets? And are we being visited by alien beings? These are perplexing questions, and few subjects are as intriguing. The facts are in. Yes, UFOs are real. They exist, but what are they? Like I said, the answers may astound you. By definition, UFO simply means unidentified flying object, and it can can apply to any perceived flying manifestation that is unidentified. This can be just about anything you see. Imagine, from planes seen at unusual angles to secret experimental aircrafts it can also pertain to meteorites or planets such as venus or jupiter they can sometimes appear to be moving there are endless lists of objects which when seen by the untrained eye are not readily identifiable ufos are the opposite of ifos which means identified flying objects Some have been tracked on radar screens and have mysteriously vanished in the twinkling of an eye. Allegedly, several jet planes pursuing these objects have been destroyed or have disappeared themselves. Thousands of reputable people from all walks of life claim to have seen them. Pilots, astronauts, senators, qualified scientists, celebrities, normal people, even religious figures, and even ex-presidents. Well-documented reports have come from all corners of the world that UFOs exist. Pretending that they do not exist does not make them go away. Unidentified flying objects have been recorded in ancient Egyptian and Babylonian documentation, indicating they have been around for a very long time. There have been numerous cases in which people claim to have been abducted and examined aboard alien spacecraft under hypnosis Some have even recaptured those memories and mysterious abductions or visions. It should be noted, however, that most UFO sightings, about 95%, do have a natural explanation and more than a few have been deliberate hoaxes and pranks. Some photographs have been found to be nothing more than pictures of flung hubcaps and garbage can lids shot to deceive a gullible public. Most UFO sightings are, in fact, nothing more than mysterious blobs of light in the sky. Numerous explanations have been attributed to various UFO sightings. Satellites, planes, weather balloons, temperature inversions, phases of the moon, ball lighting, marsh gas, um, mirage, clouds, stars, migrating birds, light leaking into cameras, and even vivid imaginations. But what about unexplained lights in the sky that don't show up on radar, such as the lights which were seen over Phoenix in 1996? What about the sightings of objects that travel thousands of miles per hour and turn at right angles at the drop of a hat, defying all laws of known physics? How does an unidentified object accelerate from zero to a thousand or more miles per hour in the wink of an eye? or traveling at high speeds come to a dead stop. Many of these phenomena defy explanation, and all the usual explanations have been ruled out. How does one explain objects that appear and disappear right before one's eyes? Many times, numerous people have been seeing strange phenomena. At the same time, there is no physical explanation for such phenomena. While there have been reports of strange things in the sky from the beginnings of man's recorded history and and religious documentation, sightings have grown exponentially in the past 20 or 30 years. Drawings in caves in China, Spain, and France display oval and saucer-shaped disks very similar to current UFO reports. Renaissance paintings, such as work from Leonardo da Vinci, show UFOs in the background of different paintings he has put together. Jose Benilla, a Mexican astronomer, took the first known photograph of an unidentified flying object in 1883, where he captured about 150 cigar or spindle-shaped objects flying in formation, which is listed in Beyond Earth, Man's Contact with UFOs by Ralph Bloom. Check it out. You can get it through Google and Amazon. Knowing there is a human urge for explanation from beyond, there are those who are quick to fill that craving and to capitalize on a money-making opportunity. Unparalleled insider access. Get it all. Introducing the SiriusXM Platinum VIP plan. Our newest, most exclusive plan. Listen in two cars, plus stream anywhere with two app logins. Access a massive, exclusive library of live concert video and audio recordings through nugs.net. Have opportunities to experience live and virtual SiriusXM events, including VIP-only exclusives. Get all your questions answered by a dedicated VIP customer care team. Plus, get all the entertainment we've got. It's all included with your Platinum VIP subscription. Be a VIP. Call 844-711-8800 to learn more. Offer details apply. One login for activated vehicle. Not available in Canada. Are the aliens us? UFOs may be piloted by time-traveling humans, a new book argues. The great distances covered by visiting aliens may be ones of time rather than space. Unidentified flying objects have captured the public's attention over the decades. As exoplanet detection is on the rise, why not consider that star-hopping visitors from afar might be buzzing through our friendly skies by taking an interstellar off-ramp to Earth? On the other hand, could those piloting UFOs be us, our future selves that have mastered the landscape of time and space? Perhaps those reports of people coming into contact with strange beings represent our distant human descendants, returning from the future to study us and their own evolutionary past. The idea of us being them has been advanced before. But a recent book, Identifying Flying Objects, A Multidisciplinary Scientific Approach to the UFO Phenomenon, Masters Creative LLC 2019, takes a fresh look at this prospect offering some thought-provoking proposals. The objective of the book, Masters said, is to spur a new and more informed discussion among the believers and skeptics alike. I took a multidisciplinary approach in order to try and understand the oddities of this phenomenon, Masters told his interviewer during the time of the uh, book as it was announced. The idea of us being them has been advanced before, but my book has opened up an entirely new discussion for this. Our job as scientists is to be taking and asking big questions and try to find answers to unknown questions. There's something going on here, and we should be having a conversation about this. We should be at the forefront of trying to find out what it is. Some researchers claim there are even more hidden messages found in da Vinci's work. Furthermore, there is likely an extraterrestrial influence behind it. It goes without saying that Leonardo da Vinci was ahead of his time. The volume of everything that he has put out in the past that, that he came up with, that he drafted, that he painted, that he sketched, makes it difficult to fully explore in a lifetime. His notebooks and manuscripts remain, however, and contain everything from construction plans for tanks and helicopters to wild inventions that have come into reality centuries later. His impact is so profound that his Salvatore Mundi was bought by a Saudi prince for a new museum in Abu Dhabi for $400 million during his life. Da Vinci was scrutinized by the Roman Catholic Church because of an appearance of wide-ranging philosophical tastes. Consequently, he had to hide information in his paintings to avoid being labeled a heretic. Between the years 1476 and 1478, Da Vinci disappeared from records. His life did not otherwise have gaps in terms of coverage. Just before this time, however, He had an interesting experience. One of the autobiographical anecdotes from his journal tells the story of being drawn to a cave while hiking. He was pulled in by the desire to experience the wonder inside. Some of the ancient astronaut theorists suggest that his experience inside the cave permitted him to see the future, and it is likely related to interactions with aliens. Using a technique called thermographics, da Vinci's Adoration of the Magi was analyzed in 2002 in Florence, Italy. An underdrawing was discovered inside the painting of the three wise men visiting the infant Jesus. The analysis, however, showed much more than what is visible to the naked eye. As it turns out, there were layers of paint, some additions, and there were not painted by the original artist. One such detail painted over was a pagan temple which would have been a problem at the time with the prevailing church. In fact, one of the background drawings is a temple with the lotus flower which is the flower of life. Some of the ancient astronaut theorists contend da Vinci was obsessed with lotus flowers which may indicate his connection to potential alien contacts. The Last Supper has been fully explored ad nauseum but a quick summary is in order. The painting depicts the moment when Jesus told his disciples on who would betray him and they were all frozen in action. The figure of Jesus' right is assumed to be the Apostle John, but many think it's Mary Magdalene because of the feminine features. Furthermore, the downward-pointing face An angle corresponds with da Vinci's belief that women should be depicted in such a manner. Finally, the mirror image, clothing, and pose, which together form a capital M, indicate Mary Magdalene. So why was she placed in the painting? And where is the chalice, commonly known as the Holy Grail? According to the Ancient Aliens crew, the two items are related. And it all comes down to a representation of Mary Magdalene's pregnancy, Jesus' divine children, which eventually leads to da Vinci somehow, according to the book of Judas that was taken out of the Gnostic Gospels, or in one way, shape, or form not at all connected to the Gnostic Gospels and the Gnostics, along with the Apocrypha, which are of the original Hebrew to Christian translation Of the original written word Pop culture has given us Many ideas of what Aliens could be like E.T., he brought A lot of heart and Compassion for Beings from other worlds And the compassion They would have for us ALF, the Short-lived Sitcom from the 80s I think it was on about four seasons He brought the laughs. He brought the heart. Uh, That was a fun show, and it showed that humans and aliens could coexist in the same household. Then, of course, you've got the movie Aliens, which shows a more hostile version of an alien and that us meeting with them would not be a, a good idea or a way in our favor. Then you've got Close Encounters of the Third Kind. They wanted to bring compassion and understanding to us. ...and allow us to learn from them and learn from our mistakes. Then you've got the variations of aliens in the X-Files. As I mentioned earlier in this episode, the gray aliens. What kind of an agenda do they have? Are they, in fact, crossbreeding with our species and creating a hybrid human-alien species... ...since they may or may not be able to reproduce on their own any longer? That's one theory... But the one that I'm about to talk about would be humans will undoubtedly attack aliens before they attack us, says one scientist. Humanity has often longed for the stars, wishing to find other species out in the expanse. But if humans and aliens collided, would it be a peaceful interaction? Absolutely not. If you think otherwise, you're adorably naive with humanity's history of violence and colonialism. It's impossible to believe that humans and aliens would get along. Now, scientist Albert Canaletto in the report, will aliens attack first or will humans attack aliens first? Canaletto explained that humans are far more likely to be the invading aliens than being invaded by another force. In fact, the chance of extraterrestrials being the initial threat, is incredibly minimal. The scientists came up with the minuscule odds of humanity being invaded by aliens, just 0.0014%, of course. This is good news for us, as we don't particularly want to be invaded, but bad for any existing extraterrestrials, as we are the much bigger threat. Canaletto explains that humanity... Would more likely attack humans. Humanity would more likely attack aliens due to the fact that extraterrestrials reaching Earth would likely already be nonviolent. With Earth unlikely to be the first planet of additional contact for alien races, there would be no reason to attack humanity. In his report, Canaletto explains that the war going nature of our species changes as they become more technologically advanced. Specifically, as civilizations start to use more energy, they are less likely to attack. Canaletto calls the Kardashev scale, if an alien race researched Earth, it would likely be a galactic civilization. This means that the race would be able to harness energy from the entirety of the known universe thus not needing to fight Earth over resources. Data from last century shows that the frequency of invasions between countries have gradually decreased as time goes by, the scientist told Forbes. With this in mind, aliens coming to Earth are more likely to come to Earth purely for scientific purposes. However, humanity might wish to fight in order to advance technology and gain access to more researches computer execute 12.4p operation optimizing algorithm running encryption packet alpha nine, nine. Oh. i don't feel so good what what is it computer is it hot in here it feels hot in here i feel a little clammy i should lie down or s- something a computer with a virus surprising what's not surprising How much you could save by switching to Geico? Those oysters Rockefeller were a mistake. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. That is all for this week, my friend. Thank you so much for hanging with me while I talked about creepy things like the dark forest theory and possible hostile alien entities that could be listening to us or avoiding us altogether, much like a family traveling through the countryside in a minivan going past dodgy neighborhoods and locking their doors. Aliens could be doing the very same thing when going past our planet, locking their doors, staring straight ahead and not making eye contact. And honestly, I wouldn't blame them. But if they are here, and many think that they've always been here, they have blended in with us so well that we don't even know it. Could that be a good thing? Could it be a bad thing? Well, sometimes I wonder if there will ever be peace on Earth, but... The truth to that is there never will be until the last living human is gone. And if that gives a planet a chance to start over, so be it. But the human race is a vile, violent, disgusting creation. And there are so many good people, yes, but we kind of get drowned out by the awful people. And I fear that that might be what is getting the attention of potential alien visits They may see the worst of us and decide to wipe us out. So continue being good to those out there. Be good to yourself. Be good to your neighbors. Be good to those around you. You might just change a possible outcome of an alien invasion. If they see how great we can be to each other, they may not destroy us. Have a great rest of the week. Thank you for listening and join me next week for another episode of Paranormally Speaking. I'm your host, Neil Parks